All right. Well, I'm going to grab your attention really fast because our time is a premium here. Um, you are in uh, launching and lifting missionary partnerships with uh, Pastor Kelly Preston. And if you are in the wrong space or the wrong se- uh, session, uh, this is your opportunity to relocate yourself. Um, but uh, we appreciate you being here. My name is Josh Williford. I am the pastor at New Life Church in Aurora, and I serve on the missions leadership team here in Ohio. And so we're glad to have you in the final session, uh, breakout session of 2015 Synergy. Um, if you haven't already done so, um, go ahead and sign into your cell phones at this time. And if you need restrooms, you can go downstairs and hit the main hallway and find them there. Uh, one more time, this is the uh, uh, Launching and Lifting Missionary Partnerships, Pastor Kelly Preston. She is the lead plas- pastor and the church planter um, at Eastside Community Church in Gahanna. And uh, just a great missions heart. Her and her husband were missionaries in Northern Africa, and I'm sure she'll share a little bit about that in the course of the presentation. If you want to talk with her after this event, if something sparks questions or ideas or further conversations, you can get in touch with her at Kelly, that's K-E-L-L-Y, at E-C-C-A-G dot org. And so without further ado, I want to invite Kelly to come up. Why don't you give a hand to Pastor Kelly this morning? Thank you, Pastor Josh. Okay, hopefully, I'm gonna have to take this with me so I don't. <laughs> okay, well, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need you, and we know that this is your heartbeat to spread the gospel all over the world. And so, Lord, I pray that for any of us here this afternoon, if we feel stuck in this particular area, whether it's individually or our church or our team, I pray that through your Holy Spirit that you would give us creativity, that you would motivate us and inspire us and help us to know what the next step is for our church, for our city, and how we can do this together, Lord, with our missionaries. In Jesus' name, amen. My husband, Greg, he's actually in the back of the room. Um, He's waving. Uh, We served as missionaries with the Assemblies of God World Missions for about eight years. Um, We had... We did some short-term work and then some long-term work. We were in southern Spain, in North Africa, and then also in the Middle East, and then back in North Africa. And um, there was nowhere else that we wanted to be but serving as missionaries. And so it was a privilege for us. We went right out of college as missionaries in training, and we were going to change the world. That was our motto. And there, I mean, I'm saying it with a straight face because that is what we said to each other on our way there. And if we came to your church and we itinerated that many years ago, then that's what you heard us say because we believed that wherever we would go with the gospel, that God would change the world through us and through other believers. And so um, that's still our life's goal, even though it seems huge. Uh, We planted Eastside Community Church three years ago in Gahanna, Ohio, and um, we want to create a culture that is missions-minded and missions-thinking, and not only for overseas and our U.S. missionaries here, but also how can we do this in our community. So we've had to use and lean on some of our experiences as missionaries to strategize, okay, how do we mobilize our church 
to have missions minds and to not have an agenda and to partner with our community and be that missionary wherever they're at, in their work or school or their their place, wherever they are. So um, I'm happy to take questions at the end. Um, I'm going to probably answer, uh, hopefully, some of your questions as we go through this presentation, but please, um, if you have a question about something that I'm saying while I'm saying it, please go ahead and raise your hand and, and ask it at that time. Um, I want to give you, I, I ha, you have this on your handout, and if you didn't get a handout, they're on the last or the second to last desk in the back, but foundational principles and accelerators for growing the quality and quantity of the church's vital missionary partnerships will be what's communicated today, including practical steps of implementation. Um, practical steps are really important to me <laughs> because I can hear great things all day, but if I have no idea what to do with them... Um, I'm not going to do them. I'm just going to think that was a good idea. And so this is terribly practical. Um, I've really walked through, and we will talk about it, how we actually partner with missionaries, how that's done. Um, our principle at ECC is to spread the gospel to every part of the world. That's a no-brainer, isn't it? <laughs> but to put legs and feet to that principle is a whole nother story, and I'm sure most of you know that. The philosophy is this, and this I heard a missionary share at the forum maybe two years ago, three years ago, if the AG is sending them missionaries, okay, if the AG is sending them, then it's our responsibility and privilege to partner with them. You see, there's a rigorous process and I mean rigorous. Testing, time, a lot of, I, I don't want to say hoops to jump through, but it's just a beautiful process when you make application to become a missionary, wherever that is, whether that's here in the United States or overseas. There is a process that has to be followed, and it's not easy. And so that is something that through that process it weeds people out it's a beautiful thing they come to realize you know what we've been seeking God and this is not it so we're going to walk because it's a it's a lengthy process it doesn't happen overnight so if they get to that point where the missions committee has approved them and they come to us and we're not willing to answer the calls and we're not willing to support them then what are they supposed to do? Because in the Assemblies of God, we partner together. That's, that's our motto, isn't it? That's what we have told the missionaries. That's what we tell the pastors. You, we, have to, we have to link arms here. We're never going to change the world by ourselves. And so I'd like to challenge each and every one of you to consider how essential it is to link arms with actual bodies, with people. We're sending people to share the gospel. There's a reason the Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news. It is wonderful to send money for projects. But we are so much more effective when we send the people.
And let me tell you why. Because people are our greatest, most valuable asset. And the reason the people are going is to reach people, not do projects. They will do projects. That's part of it. They need funds. They need their daily funds for the daily operations, living expenses, health insurance, education, all those kinds of things. But they also need funds for the bigger projects, language school, something that God's given them a vision that they're partnering with the local um, national believers to do something to make a deeper impact in that city. And they need help. But those things are never going to happen if we don't send the people. And sometimes in our culture, in our world, even in the church, it is so much easier for us to write a check. You know, we see the, the infomercials, on, well, whatever they are, commercials on TV, the dogs. Have you seen this? I'm telling you, they, my daughter is crying. Okay, she's like, Mommy, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, I know, this is so sad. The little cockatoo in the cage, you know. <laughs> it's so easy sometimes for us to have that mentality. We're going to write a check, get a duffel bag, you know, and a T-shirt, and we are partners with that animal rescue mission. We're partners with some kind of entity. But in this world, what Jesus did is he linked arms, and we, we go together. We go together through the power of the Holy Spirit. The church as a whole moves together. So that takes unity. That takes face-to-face. That takes getting out of our comfort zone, getting to know a missionary, and saying, how can we help you? You need a monthly support. Okay, wow, I knew you were going to tell me that. So how do we do that? You know, Greg and I were missionaries, and we, we did. We had, some, we had some people that would avoid us at functions like this. You know, some of you are smiling because you know. It's like, oh, there he is. Oh, my goodness. I don't want him to ask me, what, you know, about the pledge. But we need one another. It is so humbling, even if it doesn't appear that way. It is so humbling for missionaries to ask for money. And they do it so often because that's what they have to do. They have to humble themselves to come to you and say, will you partner with us? So we need to humble ourselves and say, hey, hey, I don't have extra money, but you know what? God does. He always makes a way, doesn't he? He always does. All right. So our goal for ECC, for our church, is to support every Ohio missionary within the next five years. And we made that goal a year and a half ago. Um, there's at the time there are about 80 missionary units that may be more now I don't know Um, and so we decided whatever it takes we want to make sure we support every Ohio missionary we support other missionaries from other states we are not opposed to that Um, and we have missionaries from other states come we support other entities so it's not just global missions but U.S. missions local mission um, our food pantry these are missions organizations as well and people in them that we are linking arms with and supporting Um, currently uh, ECC, that's our church, Eastside Community Church, so I'm just going to keep saying ECC, supports 40 missionaries every month. Our congregation's average attendance is 80, 75 to 80 right now. 
So we're supporting 40 missionaries a month, and our average attendance is um, not maybe double that, you know? There, uh, the church is generous. The church, the people, are missions-minded because they've been exposed to missions on a regular basis. And I don't think that the reason that they are missions-minded is only because Greg and I used to be missionaries and we hammer it into them all the time. It's because they get regularly exposed to missionaries. So we're going to talk about how that happens. Let's get really practical here. We have a missions coordinator. And I have um, she in here because she is a she. So you can fill it in with he or she. Whoever has potential in your congregation, on your team, who is passionate about missions, who is organized and can talk on the phone or write an email, and, and is smart enough to use a calendar. And I mean, I know that sounds a little sarcastic, but it's really basic. We don't have to have somebody with... Um, you know, a major degree or skill set that we hire to do this. Um, Somebody who does that legwork and it gets the vision of missions really can lift this ministry off the ground. So um, how many people are, how many missionaries are in here that I know you're all biblically missionaries, but how many of you are (laughs) career missionaries? Okay, so about how many calls does it take to get into one church. I'm not talking about support, but 20 calls to get one service. Is that, is that about right? Okay. All right. So if you have, if you're hearing this on your church, yeah, and it is, it's like, it's crazy. And Greg used to have me call because they would return my call. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. Okay. (laughs) He's like, honey, they're not responding. His was like, one in 20, I think mine was one in 10, maybe. So he's like, oh, you got it. You're making all the calls, Kelly. So <laughs> anyway, it can be very discouraging. So number one, our missions coordinator calls the missionaries first. Okay? Now, this doesn't always happen, but that's our goal. So sometimes missionaries contact us first, but our goal is that we make the first contact. Whether you're asking us for support or not, whether you're asking to have a service or not, um, she is strategically located um, in, in the missions team for Ohio as well. So um, she and her husband uh, get to know, like, who are the missionaries who are here on furlough at this time. Um, Pastor Jim, is it appropriate for people, for churches, to call your office to ask who's home? It's actually on our website. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wonderful. So you don't even have to pick up the phone. Okay. Wow. So on the website, the OhioMinistry.net, you can find out what missionaries are available, and you can contact them before they have to contact you. And she has told me countless times, Kelly, when I called them, they could not believe that a church was calling them. And I was like, yes. Yes, because we want to encourage them. You know, whether we can end up supporting them immediately or not, we want to get them scheduled to come for a 10-minute window on a Sunday morning. Okay, so she takes the initiative to find out what missionaries are home and calls them first. She schedules one missionary per month 
So her goal is to fill the calendar each year so that we have 12, at least, 12 missionaries coming through ECC every year. That's on Sunday mornings, okay? When I receive an email or an inquiry, a phone call from a missionary, I do not respond personally. I send them immediately to Marsha, who is the coordinator, because she is the one who will contact them. If they're going to wait for me, it's going to be a while, okay? So... That is something I send right to her, and she follows up with them. And this is a huge lift off of my shoulders as a pastor because there are so many things going on on a daily basis, and I don't have to worry about whether or not we've scheduled a missionary. This is important to us. We've found someone that is important to them. And so, wow. Any pastors in here? Okay. Amen. Doesn't that sound good? All right. She is passionate about missions. She's organized. She's skilled at scheduling and communication. This makes it easy for her to help ECC practice our principle to spread the gospel throughout the world. And our goal to support all Ohio missionaries or, and beyond that, as many as possible. So what she does, she's already scheduling for the next year. She schedules when they're available. So she'll get in touch with missionaries. All right, you're not available. Well, we already have that month booked. But let's look at the next round, all right? Let's schedule in advance. Um, if we can't take you on, then send your, or we can't come for a missions window, send your information because we're going to look at it. Even though we're probably going to support you because you're from Ohio, <laughs> go ahead and send it. Um, all right. She helps us stay on task with our goal of having a missionary every single month. So secondly, this is practical again, a missions window. This doesn't just fit into Sunday mornings. So this can be a creative way to get missionaries to come when often they are booked on Sunday morning. So we've invited missionaries to come into small groups um, at Guys Night Out, at B-dubs, uh, BW3s. Um, you know, come and get to know our guys. Yeah, you're only going to meet 12 or 15 of the guys in our church, but you know what? They're going to remember you and they're going to pray for you. And that's quality time with the missionary. We have, uh, every month we have a thing called ladies break. It's on Saturday morning. Um, we have missionary ladies in particular that come to that. And we have given them incredible offerings on Saturday morning when, you know, um, there's 20 women there. Um, we hear their heart, we see their face, we get to talk with them, we have brunch together, and we don't forget them. So it's a blessing for them, and it's a blessing for us, and it's not on a Sunday morning. So it's another way to have face-to-face -face time with the missionary and get to know them as a person. Um, number three, how ECC partners with missionaries. Um, we do, once a year, we have a special missions emphasis with faith pledges. So we'll push these, okay, in the sense of getting them, you know, explaining what a faith promise pledge is, why we need to renew them, okay? Pray about what the next thing is that, you know, God wants you to do for this next year. And if you haven't had the opportunity to give on a regular basis to missions, Oh, watch how God will provide for you and how he will bless you over this next year. And so we celebrate the testimonies of people who have given who didn't know they could give that much money. All right? 
And we hear, all right, how did God provide for you? It's the same with tithing. It's the same with giving to the church for the work to go forward. We can't support 40 missionaries with 75 to 80 people average attendance otherwise. I mean, really do the math. We start every missionary at $50 a month. All right. I'm bragging on this church because of their generosity, and they've caught the vision that God will provide financially for them. And Greg and I have had to humble ourselves. I never like to share what we give every month. I never like to do that, and I was corrected, Pastor Dave Gross, um, because I called him and told him, I said, would you, I asked him to sit me down and, and feel free to give me a good lecture, pastor to pastor, because I don't like to ask for money. I never did as a missionary, and I don't like to do it as a pastor. And he set me straight. And I'm telling you, we even had someone who gave their life to Christ on the Sunday I talked about giving and tithing. And we had um, the biggest um, faith pledge amount raised to date this last fall. And um, God is good. He will always provide for what he's doing. He will always provide for what he's doing. We learn that as missionaries on the receiving end, and we're learning it now on the giving end. But anyway, Greg and I decided to share with our church, hey, this is what we're giving. Not because we wanted people to say, oh, wow, you know, but we wanted them to know that we were actually... This was a faith promise. (laughs) Faith promise, okay? And we've never missed that money. And we've watched God provide for us in every way. Financially, in every way. It's amazing. And then when people hear that and they see that from their leaders. How many of you serve on missions teams? Or missions committees? Okay. So, hey, I don't think it's wrong for you to share on your committee, this is how much we're pledging this year. We're believing God. We're believing God. Because that spurs us on, doesn't it? It's like, well, pastor's doing that. Oh, the missions team is doing that. Okay, I can do that. And the principle for that mm-hmm. is the priests were out in front of the people like a thousand mm-hmm. yards. Everybody in Israel could mm-hmm. see the priests as they stepped into the water and took that step of faith. Mm-hmm. And as you let them see you, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to repeat that for the recording's sake. So that's good. Um, the leaders are like the priests in the Old Testament. They were out in front of the people leading the way. So they're going to watch what we do. And they're going to do what we do. And so it's important for us to demonstrate that willingness to trust in God with our finances. And that's one of the hardest things for us as Americans to do. Because isn't, isn't our money our, I can't think of the right term right now, but it's our trap in our culture. But when we defy that trap and we put our trust in God and, our fi- and give him our finances, watch out and see what God can do. Um, all right, we have that special emphasis once a year and we take new and renewed faith pledges at that time. We make a goal of how many missionaries we'd like to raise enough money to support so that there's an actual target for people in the congregation. 
So we'll say, all right, we start every missionary at $50 a month. We want to take on at least four new missionary units this next year through our faith pledges. So we need to keep what we're taking in, but we need to raise it by this much, $200 a month. When they have that target, everybody can kind of fit into where they, what, okay, you know what? I can meet that need. I can help give towards that. Um, we take, we renew pledges another six months later, or not renew, but give an opportunity for new giving. Some people are new to the church. They weren't here in the fall. So, all right, here we are in the spring. It's time to educate again about what a faith pledge is, and we get more pledges coming in, and we can take on more missionaries. Um, Okay, B, under partnering with missionaries, keeping missionaries in front of the congregation once a month, a 10-minute window on Sunday morning, and then they go into our ECC kids service as well, and they have another window. So 10 minutes with the adults, and they share um, wonderfully what they are doing, pictures if they have them. We gather around them and we pray over them. They're often with us in our pre-service huddle, so we get a chance to pray for them during that time as well and really include them in the order of service and just our prep as a team. Um, And then they go from the uh, service into the kids' service, and they share with them. This has been a blessing because our kids believe that they're missionaries. They believe it. And they are. They are. And so they're hearing about all these different places in the world, different kinds of ministries here in the United States. I was called to be a missionary because I had exposure to what it even was. So we believe that these kids need to have this exposure just as we do. Uh, See on the back page if you flip your... um, paper over, including them in our prayer needs in our weekly prayer email. So we send out an email every Tuesday. That's our prayer email. And we put a missionary family in that email every week, different ones. And we usually list their personal needs. And I don't mean like, you know, like personal, like we can't share with anybody, but You know, we often ask missionaries, how can we be praying for you? I know you need to raise money. Okay, got it. We're already praying for that, all right? That's a no-brainer. You need your your work budget raised, your cash. You need your monthly support to come in. But how can we pray for you? And so we take those needs. Oh, my goodness. The life that these missionaries are experiencing. You know? just like you and me. But they're they're heavily <laughs> entrenched in trying to raise funds and they've got all of these personal things weighing on their hearts and on their minds. They need our prayers. I can't tell you how many churches prayed that Greg and I would have kids. And how many old ladies laid hands on my belly? I was like, okay. <laughs> Step back. (laughs) And what a beautiful testimony it was for us to be able to share when we adopted our son, Ricky. They were part of that. We had hundreds of people praying for us. Hundreds, probably thousands. 
We were in all these churches all over Ohio and around the United States because they asked, how can we pray for you guys? Pray for our marriage. I asked, I asked, I don't know how many churches. I'm like, pray for me to be strong in the face of cockroaches. I mean, seriously, I hate bugs. And we get over on our second term because I knew what to pray for our second term. And we were infested. Our house was infested with these palmetto flying roaches. They were disgusting in our underwear drawer. I mean, you know what I'm saying? This is disgusting. I'm so glad this is getting recorded. Anyway, (laughs) but I, I mean, I killed them with the strength of the Lord. And I'm not being, I mean, seriously, those things drive me crazy. And it was gross and it was a new culture. and It was hot and you're sleeping and there's, you know, you wake up, there's a bug on your face. It's just gross. But I had strength to face that obstacle. And you know what I remembered is I was in our bedroom one day and I was putting laundry away and there was another one that came out of the closet and I screamed. But I was like, you know what? I've seen fewer cockroaches this term than ever before. And I know that people are praying. And I'm so thankful that they asked me how they could pray for me. And I know that's something little. But it meant a lot to me that I had people saying, you know what, we are going to pray for those bugs. And you know what, Kelly, we are going to pray that you guys find the right school for your son. Because that's important. I am worried about the loss. But you know what, I'm really worried about how we're going to get our son into the right school. And I really need God's wisdom. You know, like you and I. Our regular prayer requests. The things that weigh on our hearts. Uh, D, taking on new missionaries, uh, our goal is four to five every fall. We like to do even more than that, but that's our reachable goal um, when new pledges are made. So that's our target that we give everybody. And then two to three more in January once funds are coming in because we always get more than what we've asked. It's amazing. And in February... Um, I had the privilege, uh, we had a missions window, and we had a missionary couple there, and right then and there, because we have had a, we had had extra funds being built up, I said to him in front of the congregation, I'm like, I'm so happy to be able to tell you this, we are going to take you on and start you with monthly support, $50, and you're our 40th missionary, and it was such a win for our whole community. He was blessed because they needed, the, they needed the new pledges. And we were blessed because we were like, wow, we get to meet this guy's need right now. Wow. And so we're celebrating that. We start with $50 a month. Um, we keep 10% aside to keep support up during lower giving months because giving ebbs and flows. And so we have extra funds, so we're not taking away from missionaries, and we're not dipping into our general fund to cover the the promises that we've made to support missionaries. Um, Our first priority is to Ohio missionaries, but we support others from out of state, and we invite them to come as well. So, um, you know, we want to support every Ohio missionary. That's our heart. We don't want them to have to go to other states to get the bulk of their funds. We want to support the people here that are, you know, homegrown or come into our, our network. But we know that we need to support as many as possible so we don't turn people away. Um, 
ECC partners with local, national, and global missionaries. So we want to reach out to our community, which we do. We have um, three local um, ministries and people that we partner with every single month right in our city. And that's going to grow, too, as well. Um, and then U.S. missions and world missions. And then we have uh, some missionaries that aren't even Assemblies of God that we support on a monthly basis. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And then the next one is very practical, which some of you, I think most of you in here, uh, you are part of a missions committee or missions team. And so we have a waiting list. And that's not something that we want to always have. We want to be able to meet the need immediately, but we keep some of those reserve funds so that when there's an emergency, when there's a missionary that somehow we didn't over, we didn't connect with them or we didn't overlap with them in their process, but we've heard they have got to get on the field. They're in an emergency state here. Okay, we don't know who you are, but you're, this is what you need, so we're going to support you. That's $50 more towards your goal. And those calls are wonderful to make. We don't like to get to that point, though. You know what I mean? We want to be preventative for these missionaries. But oftentimes that's where they're at. And I know Greg and I were at that point as missionaries. Um, we, ra- we raised by the power of the Holy Spirit, honestly, $1,000 in monthly pledges in three hours from nine to noon because we had to get our plane tickets we had to go we had to get there we were home long enough and it was time to go and do what was in our heart to do and we laid it before God and that was at the time when we could fax the pledges in ourselves that is no longer the case So it was really fun. We're like, we got your permission to sign your name on this? All right. It's going in the fax machine, baby. (laughs) It was so fun. Um, We've watched God provide time and again. All right, benefits. Missions teams. Why are you on your missions team? Why are you on the missions committees? Pastors, why are you asking missionaries to come? Or why should you be asking missionaries to come? Spreading the gospel is our mission. Jesus asked us to finish the work that he started on earth. So this is the job we've been given to do. Missionaries keep the challenge fresh and real for the congregation. We have been so blessed by missionaries. They come in and it's... They have a fresh perspective of what God is doing in our church. And I'm telling you, on the days that I have needed it the most, they have spoken life into me. They have had a prophetic word over our leadership team. They have prayed with people. They've jumped into the ministry that we're doing. Our last missionary, we had such a, I said, get up here and do our benediction. I mean, I was like, I don't even know him that well, but I'm like, you are a missionary and you are work, you are doing the ministry of God and you've heard what we are going through right now in our church and our goal. And I want you to close us in prayer today. I want you part of this. So pastors and missions teams include the missionaries in what's going on. 
We had a water baptism. We meet in the YMCA in our city. We had a water baptism. There was lifeguard coaching going on in the pool at the time of the water baptisms. And the missionary said to me, you know what? Those people are going to be changed today because of what you're doing. I have so many things on my mind as a pastor. Oh my goodness, are we going to accept the why? Are we going to do this right? Are we going to do that right? I mean, it is sometimes carnal thinking. Forgive me. But what a blessing to have a missionary come in and say, I see the future. Keep doing what you're doing. I mean, that's all I needed. I was like a bull out of the gate. I'm like, that's right. Get in the water. No, I didn't do that. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't quite that aggressive, but I was excited. Um, All right. Touching the heartbeat is what keeps us connected and passionate about missions. If we aren't feeling the heartbeat, then it means we're dead. If we're offended by missionaries coming in, we're dead. I mean it. If we're afraid to hear what they're doing, if we're afraid to hear what they're saying, because they're going to rattle things, because they're going to step on our toes, because they're going to tell us that we have a job to do too as missionaries, we're afraid of somebody getting crabby in the the pew, then we are missing the heartbeat. We are. We need one another. That's why we need to partner with people, flesh and bones. (laughs) And as imperfect as missionaries are, and as imperfect as all of us are, There's something that happens when we come together and we have a united vision for what God has asked us to do all over the world, and that's to get the gospel message out. So if that missionary comes across as a little weird, and I think I can say this in here. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're going to reach who by doing what? Okay, the AG has sanctioned this. Do you know what I'm saying? We almost have to go through that process. Then so do we. How can we help you? How can we serve you? How can we pray for you? It's amazing how human we are when we're praying for one another. And we rem- how compassionate we can be for another human being. Um, and by the way, you know, missionaries get a bad rap about being weird, and I'm so glad this is being recorded for all the world to hear um, because we heard it over and over again when we were missionaries. But I'm telling you, pastors and church people are weird. Can we just embrace that? People are weird everywhere, okay? So it doesn't matter what title is in front of your name. Um, number two, benefits. The missionary partnerships are two ways, and I think I touched on this already, but we regularly receive strength and encouragement from the missionaries when they come to ECC. Um, they've joined us in ministry on Sunday mornings or in small group settings. Um, often they have prayed for us. And you know what? I have emailed them and said, would you pray specifically for us about this? And I have never been turned down. Never. Or neglected. I can't tell you how much it means to me to know that part of the body of Christ that we're linking arms with over in Ireland or over in Scotland or at Ohio State University, they're praying for us. They want to know how we're doing. 
we are all in this together. Three, missions funds, are, they're designated money. Okay, so this is essential for missions committees, pastors. Mo you probably already know this, but it's worth saying since we're being practical today. Um, this money is not part of your general fund money. This is designated income that comes in for missions. And it is to be used for missions. Okay, I'm like, uh, um, yeah, okay. So if you're serving on a committee, this, these are good things to discuss together. How are we going to be the best stewards we possibly can with these missions funds that are coming in? Um, we do not typically take missionaries out to lunch. A lot of churches do this. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it because there's not. It's a great time to connect and a great time to build relationships with them. But it also is at least 50 bucks for lunch, at least where we are in Columbus, okay? So, I mean, if we go anywhere but McDonald's, it's going to be for their family and our family, it's going to be a lot of money. So those funds are used to support another missionary. So if you think about at least 50 bucks that it would cost us to take a missionary out to lunch, that's $50 because they come once a month typically. That's one more missionary that we can support. And as missionaries, we were very happy not to go out to lunch. We were ready to get on the road. We were tired. I mean, that was just re that's really practical. In fact, it was a blessing because we'd get in the car and we're like, okay, where's the next service? Because you just you're in that mode, it's tiring, and so we were happy to go grab something quick ourselves and and have some downtime. Um, the AG provides free and low cost resources, uh, and I just I put those two websites, U.S. Missions and Global Missions, on there so that you can. Um, you can download things, you can get, I mean, even if you have to purchase, like, you know, faith, I think the faith promise cards are free or $8 or free, okay. And then the posters or videos, there's a, a monthly missionary um, video that you can, you can get. I mean, there's so many resources to get the word out about what's going on in the U.S. and around the world. I would like to take questions at this time. So we have um, about 10 more minutes or 15 more minutes. So, um we don't. We have five. All right. Questions. Yes. Okay. Why do we, and I'm going to repeat your question because, of, okay, for the recording. We, why do we give a 10-minute window instead of a whole service so that we can have more missionaries, so that we can do it once a month? Um, we have had missionaries come, and I've asked them to preach the whole service. Um, I like to be the main preacher behind the pulpit on Sundays, and... I believe that in 10 minutes, you can get across your point, what you're doing, why you're doing it, who you're going to minister to, and how we can partner with you in 10 minutes. So it's just my preference. I don't, there's not a right or wrong in that. Like if, you're, if your church is farther out and then coming for a 10-minute window? Um, 
I cannot speak to all missionaries, so maybe the missionaries should answer that. Um, when we were missionaries, we drove wherever to get whatever time, even if it was just coffee with the pastor, not even on a Sunday morning, because it was part of our budget. I mean, and our 10-minute windows, we raised more money than any of our full services. The first 10-minute window we had, we had a $1,000 offering, and we $2,000? Holy cow. So we were like... Yeah, there is something about doing the ten minute window. So, but maybe the missionaries can speak to that. And I know several pastors who, because they're similar to you, I'm mm-hmm. that way. I like, I want to be, I want to preach. Mm-hmm. So they'll say, if you'll come for a service, we'll give you X. If yeah. you come for a window, we'll double that. Mm-hmm. Because they want to preserve that. Mm-hmm. Because you only get, you know, so many preaching a year. Right. There is, we have a minimum that we give every missionary. Um, we, get, uh, we have that set in our missions budget. So um, if, you know, if nothing were to come in, okay, or $147 came in, well, they're, they're not going to walk away from the 10-minute window with, uh, uh, less than, is it 200 or 150 it, with, it, So they all get $200 minimum of an offering. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You are saying that in the service where they're doing the window, there is an offering taken. Mm-hmm. So if God's speaking to somebody mm-hmm. to put a $500 check mm-hmm. in there, they get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the minimum that they would walk away with is a $200 offering. But um, yes, if whatever comes in above and beyond that, they get. So, which is wonderful. And usually it is. Usually it's beyond 200 So, Greg, do you want to clarify anything on that? Sure. But in, in to, just to affirm that too, Eric, um, when I've asked missionaries to come and I've shared with them, I've said, you can speak on whatever you want to speak on. Um, this is what we've been, this is what we've been experiencing over the last three or four months, just to give them an idea. And I mean, almost every time they have had such a fresh word for our church. It has been such a blessing and such a blessing for me as a pastor. So it isn't exclusive that they cannot speak, but that's just our routine. So, Any other questions? Their comments? Yeah. That John Palmer? John Palmer. Okay, so getting hold of him, asking him to train your congregation. Is that what you're saying? Okay, and let me just say something about um, Pastor John. Um, when Greg and I were newly appointed missionaries, we were sitting in Springfield, Missouri, in our training session, completely overwhelmed by the task ahead of us having really no major connections. We weren't pastors first or anything. We are just right out of college. And John, Pastor John Palmer and his team came to Springfield, Missouri. 
They showed up at one of our meetings. They gave us all free coffee, which got my attention, and a $100 a month pledge because their goal was to support every single U.S. Assembl well, Assemblies of God missionary in our country, okay? So that's where we got inspired with our goal to start with our target of every Ohio missionary. So when you guys take the initiative, even if you don't know if you can support these missionaries, you do not know what a blessing it is when they get a call from you. So, yeah. Any other questions or comments? Okay. I want to pray for you before we go. Lord Jesus, we are wanting desperately to partner with you and the work that you've called us to do. And so, Lord, I pray your blessing on every single person in this room, every missionary, Lord, that you would provide for their every need. And I pray that before they walk out of the doors today, God, that there would be new pledges in their hands, Lord, that there would be new cash offerings in their hands, Lord. I pray that you would get the word out of those that need help in raising funds. And Lord, I pray for every person here that is on a missions committee or team, Lord, that you would give them new and greater faith to believe in you for bigger things and more partnerships with people, with missionaries, with those beautiful feet that are going out and and presenting your gospel message. And Lord, through them and through us together, we are changing the world. We are igniting the gospel message everywhere. And so God, I pray that we would be motivated and that we would be empowered by your Holy Spirit to do the very thing that you called us to do. And God, I pray for every pastor in this room, Lord, that you would enlarge our vision, Lord God, that we would not settle, but Lord, that we would continue to press forward in the great work that you've called us to do. And Lord, that that passion would spill out of us onto the people around us and that it would catch fire. And Lord, that the people would get in and be part of giving and being part of sending, Lord, that they would know that they are partnering with your people, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we praise you and I pray your blessing on each and every one in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.